Hello, Slate listeners. Do us a favor and help us make a better Slate by answering our survey. It'll only take a few minutes. You can find it at slate.com slash survey. All right. So on the show, we have Forrest, who is an office advocate for working Mm -hmm. from home. That's my official title at Slate. I'm just going to start owning it. It's gone (laughs) from something that made me look a little fringy to now everyone agrees. So I'll own it. This is Forrest Wickman. He's Slate's culture editor, but today he's our in-house sick days advocate. Recently, he did the impossible. He got our deputy editor, Loan Lu, one of Man Up's editors, by the way, to finally take a sick day. Sound familiar? Men refusing to take sick days is one of those stereotypes that's hard to quantify. But at least some researchers have tried. In the UK, the Office for National Statistics took a survey, and it wasn't even close. Men were 42% less likely than women to take off when they were sick. In our office, that's been the perception, that some men come in sick no matter the risks for anyone else. As Forrest was saying, his preoccupation with this has been a joke in the office for a while. But with a certain potential pandemic in the news lately, this question has taken on some more urgency. So I decided to invite one of those sick men from our office onto the show to explain why he does it. Hello and welcome to Man Up. I'm your host, Eamon Ismail, and on this show, we crack questions big and small about manhood. This week, figuring out what it'll take to get guys to stay home when they're sick. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so a lot of people have been telling me to talk to Forrest about this. Because they're like, Forrest is an advocate for people staying at home when they're sick. Yeah. Uh, why do you think you've gotten that kind of reputation, Eslie? I mean, I think part of it is that, so I have a peeve not only about uh, people coming into work sick, but mm-hmm. also I uh, have a peeve about people saying something is like just a cold. And so that's why they come to work. Because <laughs> yeah. be, for me, when I get a cold, I tend to be sick for like one to two weeks and it might turn into a sinus infection. Mm -hmm. And because I'm a person Mm -hmm. who wants to keep his germs at home, it means I'm working from home for one to two weeks. I don't Mm -hmm. love that. But at Slate, most of us are working on the Internet. Mm -hmm. We have teleconferencing. The vast majority of us, perhaps except for the podcasters who sometimes need to be in studio, can just work from home and your work is not really different. And when you're coming to work, you might convince yourself, I'm being a better worker, but you're actually being a much worse worker because you're getting all your coworkers sick and making them yeah. less efficient. So where does this passion come from? Like, is it from a personal experience? Did a coworker ever get you sick? I have definitely, I will not name names. You can name names. Some of them we'll are. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> I have. De- I think the vast majority of the time I get sick, it's bec- it's from the office. Wow. So that ends up being, you know, often one or two weeks at home for me. Usually it is, quote unquote, just a cold. Hmm. And then 
also it often means that I'll get my partner sick and I'll feel really bad about that. And then there's tension mm-hmm. at home. The whole thing just sucks and it could all be avoided if people just worked from home. You know, I have to admit, I'm one of those people who will come into work sick because I'm thinking, yeah. oh, it's just a cold. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I'm backing away from the table. <laughs> I'm not sick right now, thank God. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I was starting to wonder, like, why? Like, why am I showing up to work even if I'm right. not feeling up for it? Well, this is why I think what we need to do is change the culture. Mm-hmm. And I think it's maybe sort of happening right now where – the stigma right now is often around working from home, but really the stigma should be around working in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that stigma is, sh- is shifting a little bit right now. I will say also, I mean, you're saying that you're giving a sort of uh, a perhaps more selfish sounding reason for why you might yeah, want to do this. Yeah. I do think often it can come to give people credit. I think it can often come from a place of uh, selflessness where you think about how, if I don't go into the office, I'm going to be creating all this work for other people. I'm going to be making other people Zoom to mm-hmm. me. I, like, I, for the sake of this other person, I should meet with them um, in the flesh. Yeah. And most of the time, I would rather you, we just met over Zoom or Skype or whatever. <laughs> Especially if you're sick. Yeah. I. To me, what we need to do is make it so that everyone thinks that the thing that they're supposed to do and the thing that everybody wants them to do and mm-hmm. the thing that is honored and praised is not continuing to work. The thing is staying from home. Yeah. And it's a little tricky because you don't want to tell people to work from home, especially if someone is, for example, your boss. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 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 But perhaps instead of uh, suggesting that they should work from home, you could go to a podcast that your company produces mm-hmm. and you could say, hey, maybe you guys should do an episode about why people <laughs> who are sick should work from home and maybe those people will listen to that podcast. This whole podcast is an intervention, actually. Yeah. Is there any one coworker you want to specifically encourage to work from home? Okay, so lately, mm-hmm. and this started before we were all terrified of coronavirus, mm-hmm. uh, my boss, my manager, has mm-hmm. been sick and it's been making me anxious and it's been making some of my coworkers anxious to be in meetings <laughs> with him and we want him to get better and since then it's been like a month or something mm-hmm. he's still not better and we want him to not get other people sick yeah. to be fair i'm not sure anyone has necessarily gotten sick from him although i did get a little sick a few weeks ago I sneezed today and even the psychological stress is not good so i want it would be nice if Lowen, as much as he can, mm. can work from home yes. and zoom in. We're going to be talking to Lowen soon. Okay, thank you. We'll play him back this audio. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but just can you mask my voice so, so he doesn't sound like, know. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to see what Lowen makes of all this. So stick around. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. Dude, this is a bad idea. I like just stopped being sick. <laughs> and now we're going to have Lowen sit right next to me and he's sick. I'm going to prepare by chugging this vitamin C emergency packet before he gets in here. Oh, great. Lowen. <coughs> oh, come on. Don't walk into the room and just let one loose. Oh, that's not going to be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have hot tea ready. What's the hot tea supposed to do? Uh, hopefully make it less likely that I'll cough my lungs out while we're talking. How many sick days have you taken in the three weeks that you've been having this nasty cough? Um, Two halves, maybe. Two halves in yeah. three weeks? Two halves of days, I Not would even say. one full day? Not a full day, no. So um, how sick are you right now? I think I'm on the way back. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying that every day for like three weeks now, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I walked to the subway without feeling like my knees were going to give. I mean, some of it is just, this winter's been bad for a lot of people. There's obviously stuff in the news going on. I have a young kid who's like in like a daycare setting for the first time. So I'm getting like the germs of like 24 kids all at once. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. But, um, so I've never really had a stretch like this. So it's like a little bit surprising to me, but it also is like the ultimate example of, I guess, my hardheadedness. Why do you think it's hard-headed to show up to work while you're sick? Uh, this is going to I mean, turn I, into a therapy session real quick. No, I mean, I'm, I guess, like, I'm not going to come in here and, like, defend working while sick. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely somebody who, like, doesn't practice what I preach. Like, I will tell people, if you're feeling sick, don't come into work. Yeah. But then I'll do it myself. I mean, I can tell you that when I'm sick, I'll try and show up to the office because there's something about performing work that makes a lot of sense to me. It's not enough to just do good work. I almost feel like I'm slacking if I'm not showing up to work and showing face and saying hi to people. I feel like office culture is a part of the job. And so if I'm just going to work from home for like two, three days in a, in a row, I'm going to feel like I'm not doing enough to work. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I mean, you want to be seen working. You want to feel busy. It's all, And it's like it goes both ways. I feel like when you're in the hum of the active office, you mm-hmm. kind of like, feel a level of productivity whether or not people are like seeing you being productive hmm. and then the other thing is probably I like my work day is probably t- is taken up by a lot of meetings mm-hmm. and so I feel often if I lose a day I'm like letting a ton of people down sometimes I just have the motivation to push through it is there like a threshold for how sick you have to feel to take the day off I think and this is probably telling the last few times that I have taken time off for illness have been like half days. Mm-hmm. Like I'll like start working and then either I'll get yelled at enough. Who's yelling at you? My peers. Forrest. What, what does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> It'll either be, you know, we have an open office. So there'll be a lot of desks around each other and people will like hear me cough and say like, oh, you should be at a doctor. I don't know what you're doing in the office, stuff like that. I mean, that's like good peer pressure or it's, or it's happening in Slack. I don't know about you, but I there's like some distance between when I first get sick and when I'm finally admitting to myself that I'm sick. I wonder how much it takes for you to admit to yourself that you're sick. Uh, it takes a lot. 
in order to do what I do as stupidly <laughs> as I do it, like it takes a certain level of denial. Mm-hmm. You know, I I live with someone, I'm I'm married, and so you know I have somebody who'll just be like, "You look like you're getting sick," mm. and so I can hear myself say out loud, <laughs> "No, I don't think so." And then I it'll pass. A part yeah. of me knows I'm gonna like eat it later. There's a tendency, and I you know I don't know if this is masculine or not, to feel like force of will is like all powerful mm-hmm. or like the th- the th- the thing that can overrule reality. Mind over matter. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, if I tell myself I can get through it, then I feel like I'm, I can get through it. It feels like there's a lot of consequence to admitting to myself that I'm finally sick. And part of it for me is ego. And I don't think of myself as someone who's weak and needs care. So I wonder if you can relate to that. Like, do you see yourself as someone who could actually tough it out? Well, what you're saying about, like, the idea that there are, like, consequences to admitting that you're sick. Mm-hmm. I think that rings really true because you you want to think you are in control. You want to think like you kind of have your day's routine mm-hmm. that like and go, and going to work is just like a like a big part of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it's predictable. You like know your desk, you mm-hmm. like know what you need to do that day. You have your calendar lined up. Like admitting that you're sick is like disruptive. Mm-hmm. And it throws you off and there's a way in which like it's hard for the ego to tolerate. But also, if I'm going to be honest with you, like, I'm tempted to believe that, like, the world won't go on if I'm, mm-hmm. if I hit pause for myself. <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 I want to believe I'm instrumental in that way. You know, and I think that just says something about, like, the role that work can play in our lives because, like, I just, like, don't want to admit that if I, take a sick day and everything goes on fine without me. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what emotions you feel when you do have other coworkers coming to you and saying, Lohan, you're, you're sick. Go home. Probably a mix of like uh, embarrassment. Like nobody, it, it, it feels a little personal. It's like, why, why is this happening at work? And so it's embarrassing. It's, it's, I feel a measure of defiance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I have to tamp it down, but like, like, it's easy to feel that. Like, oh, you want me to go home? Well, I'm just going to show you that I am tough enough to, like, yeah. stick it out. You know, and that goes back to, like, I don't know. We all think we're, like, superheroes yeah. in some way. And I just, like, it's it's hard to let go of even as, like, I, like, know it's not true. Really just trying to understand, like, what is it that you are trying to prove to yourself? The real problem is I feel like I feel like I know if I get if I get sick and don't take care of it, mm-hmm. it ends up being more disruptive. Like I like I know that, and but it's like a cycle that I can't break out of. Like the problem is not me understanding it. The problem is me like actually changing something. Right. Because like I you know if I truly believe people could like fight through their illness, I would tell them to like work like work while they're sick. Mm-hmm. But you know I, I this happens over and over again basically. Mm-hmm. I know you've been like sick all week and I know that you took yesterday to like stay home and work. What, how did that decision play out? Like, how did you decide that yesterday was going to be the day that you stayed home? I mean, it was pressure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got yelled at. Was it Forrest? Forrest told you to stay home? No, it was uh, a lot more than just Forrest. Oh man. I mean, 
No, it's a bit. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. Like, it's not, you know. I wish I could say I had like come to that decision on my own, but I didn't. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, a sociologist who knows exactly why men keep shooting themselves in the foot shares with us some tips for getting men to take their illnesses seriously. But first, I wanted to do a quick call out for folks who'd be interested in coming on the show to talk through how they too see their manhood as a work in progress. Or maybe someone you know could use some help. No subject is too big or too small. We'll hook you up with someone who's been there too, and we can both learn a lot in the process. Either way, we want to hear from you. So give us a call at 805-626-8707. That's 805-MAN-UP-07. Or you can always email us at manup@slate.com. Stick around. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. How are you feeling? Did you get uh, sick this winter yet? Um, No, we managed to skip most of it. I have two young kids, so that's actually pretty what? remarkable. That's amazing. My son told his whole class he had the coronavirus yesterday, so we what? already... <laughs> he did? <laughs> he, we, were on, we were listening to NPR on the drive-in, and he heard it, and so he, I got a note from the teacher, so... <laughs> oh, my God. And then his sister told him that she had more coronavirus than him, so that's what? where we are. <laughs> this is Mika Beth Tamier. She's an associate professor of sociology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. She's researched closely how partners handle their health issues, including getting sick, And what she found is definitely more complicated than I had originally thought. So we have some survey data that does show that men go to the doctor less often than women do, and that also men use less sick days than women do. It's a little complicated. (laughs) One of the reasons it's complicated is that women are not just using sick days for themselves. They're using sick days to take care of their children and take care of their parents. Um, And men are less likely to do that. So those numbers are going to be a little inflated because of that. So it's not just a matter of men are not staying home when they're sick, but also um, they're not staying home when their kids are sick or their parents are sick in the same way. But I mean, even if you take that out of the picture, there is some evidence that men take less sick days than women do just in terms of their own health. What do you think is the main factor here that's preventing people from taking those days off? Well, I think part of it is that it can be a bragging point. I think of, I had teachers in middle school and high school who were men who would tell us about their whole career, they'd never had a sick day. And I know some people in my life who would say the same thing and say it fairly proudly. And I think it shows that you're not weak, um, that you don't get sick like other people get sick. And I think that's really important to masculinity, that idea of being strong. Um, But it also shows that you don't let your own troubles get in the way of your job as provider or breadwinner or whatever that particular facet of masculinity might be counterintuitively what then happens um, is we also have this idea in our culture of the man flu, this idea of like 
the dad generally who's at home in bed and just groaning and moaning through the sickness that everyone else in his family just had and they're all fine, right? And so I think what's happening there is that that masculinity and not, not wanting to take a day off and not wanting to take a sick day, we see that in the office but then when they go home, there's this idea that that now that exhaustion has really worn through and there might be other people in their life, generally women, who are kind of picking up behind them to make that possible. Right. Um, and women just don't have that in the same way, generally. Why not? I mean, when you get sick, do you ever just try and tough it out? I wonder where, what, like, what's different about the genders here? Well, so I think that this pervasive idea of masculinity meaning being independent and being strong, that just because it's masculinity, it doesn't mean that just men are affected by it, Mm -hmm. that this is the model that we demand of our workers generally in the United States. And so for a woman to really be successful in the office, it often does mean, or whatever her workplace is, it often does mean that she should have to tough it out too. And so by men um, not taking sick days, I think they're really, they're making that culture at the office what it is, which is the place where very few people feel like most people feel like there is a stigma attached to them taking too many days off, be it for themselves or their kids. I mean, is the solution here just to, for more safeguards or should we really be trying to change workplace culture? Yeah, I think changing workplace culture also means changing workplace policies. Um, so making it that it is possible for people to work at home or take the days off they need to take off. I even think about schools. So it used to be that schools would give these awards at the end of the year if you had perfect attendance. And I think schools are moving away from that because they're recognizing that just that act of applauding perfect attendance means that you're encouraging people to come in when they're sick. And schools don't want people to do that. And I think workplaces aren't where schools are. <laughs> so workplaces are, are still applauding people for coming in when they're sick or emailing people at one in the morning when we know that, you know, we a worker really should be sleeping, like if they're a traditional nine to five job and not yeah. doing work at home and that kind of thing. So um, in general, kind of the workaholic culture, I think a lot of us are under, which reflect kind of the financial pressure and financial instability a lot of us are under is going to contribute to this unhealthy behavior and just really a ripe environment for some kind of infectious disease to spread. Yeah. Um, so Lowen, uh, the coworker who's most sick <laughs> these days, cause he has uh, a child at home. So he was talking about how he finally took, uh, well, half a day off yesterday to be home and just rest. And it took, he's, I asked him what it took for him to, to come around and actually do that. And he said that there was the shame, the shame played a huge element in it because other coworkers needed to put their foot down and say, hey, you really look like you're unwell and we don't want to get sick. Please go home. Do you think shame is a useful tool here? I've been wondering this because I've been wondering about all the talk about hand washing. And I've been waiting to like witness a confrontation in the bathroom where someone doesn't wash their hands and someone oh, else, man. you know, actually, I haven't seen one yet, but I feel like we're coming to that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I don't know that I necessarily would advocate for shame because I, I know there's a lot of problems with shame and stigma that that we could see. Um, but I certainly think it's the good time to start to vocalize about why it is that we are worried about people coming to the workplace sick and um, maybe not expressing it as you are hurting all of us by being here, but trying to find a way to talk about concern for the person, concern for their family, concern for their well-being. And just everyone having a collective responsibility rather than seeing the sick people as the only ones with the responsibility in this situation. See, I don't. Let me just push back for a second because I don't really, I don't know if that'll work because 
it seems like a lot of these men understand already that it just doesn't make sense for them to keep working, uh, even if they're sick. But it's just a habit that happens anyway. I wonder if there's maybe another solution, maybe uh, ways for men to change their habits instead of trying to understand what's really at stake here. Yeah, I mean, one thing um, that I think about is that the way men and women are socialized as kids, Mm -hmm. uh, women are socialized a lot more about their bodies and their feelings. And then that even comes into the healthcare system where women are just more used to going to the doctor with the OBGYN and all these other sorts of things. And so I don't think going to like any individual man and saying, you need to figure out for yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. how it is to become more in touch with yourself um, and, and your body and your illness and all those sorts of things. But just seeing how we can even start that that early, um, these conversations about we all have a collective responsibility for everyone else's health and well-being to the extent you know that we have control over that. And just pay attention to your body, pay attention to the early signs of symptoms and know when it's time to stay home from work and go to the doctor. Totally. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I still, I guess, I don't have a clear understanding of what it will take to get men to change. Yeah, so I think there's kind of two folds to this. And so the first is what we've already been talking about, which is the cultural shift. Um, and I think we're in a great moment. I think your podcast talks about this, where we are moving away from just this one model of masculinity to understand that what it means to be a man and what it means to be a real man encompasses lots of different characteristics. And so it doesn't mean that you always have to be independent and tough and um, this like sturdy oak kind of idea of a person who never asks for help. Um, but I think that these kind of alternative models of masculinity can include things like trying to protect the people around you by not trying to get them sick um, or trying to preserve your energy in one day so that you can be more supportive and helpful in another day, right? By like improving your health at the later time Um, or being a good citizen and being responsible by getting your flu vaccine and and all these other elements. And I think that there's room for all of those in kind of traditional notions of masculinity. And then there's certainly room for those in new visions of masculinity. And I know, so my son, he's five and he broke his arm a few months ago. I know he fell out of his top bug bed <laughs> like oh. a month after, actually like a week after we got it. So, oh man, um, I'm sorry for but anyway, laughing, so, but that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was pretty bad. But he was in a cast for you know a few months, and um, multiple people that we did not know would stop him on the street and just say, "Oh, that looks awful. Did you cry?" You know, just and I was taken aback, kind of well the first time, and then I got used to it. But mm. this idea that they're teaching him at five years old and they don't even know him that. Being a boy, being a man means that you shouldn't cry when you break your arm. Um, And I think that there's just not room for that in this kind of new ways we're thinking about masculinity moving forward. And so that's what I'd like to see. Um, So that's one half. That's the culture half. Mm -hmm. I think the other half is the structure half. And I think this is important for regardless of what your gender is, which um, is that I think there is a real cost to taking sick days that I think people often are seen by their employers as weaker and not as good workers and those sorts of things. And so I think we do need more governmental and employer policies that really allow people to take sick days without a stigma or financial cost to it. Um, And then we also need to make it easier for people to go to the doctors. And the way our healthcare system is currently set up is a lot of people might in theory 
want to go to the doctor but not be able to afford it or not have a general practitioner they have easy access to or, or those sorts of things. And so all of that, I think, together really matters for encouraging everyone to take sick days when they need to and go to the doctor and get care. So as a man who really strongly identifies with everything that you just said, I am definitely one of those person who tries to mask and tough through pain. What can I do to get started in unlearning all of that social conditioning? I think a big part of it is going to the doctor regularly just for wellness checks. I think there's um, something to be said just for having a doctor that you can trust, that you regularly have contact with, who you feel comfortable kind of telling the little things to that might be really important to your doctor in the context of regular visits but that you wouldn't want to tell him like or her if you're only seeing them every few years. Um, so I think that's one part of it. And then I think another thing is just to kind of think back about those times where you were convinced that something that was happening to your body wasn't a big deal and then it became a big deal. Um, I think kind of remembering the times that you really downplayed a sickness or an illness and then it became bronchitis or, or something much more extreme um, is often helpful. So we remember past incidences to deal with the current events in the future. And so that can help us with our bodies. And that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying it, please hit us with that good rating in your podcasting app. Also, we still need your help to figure out what we're talking about next. We're looking for folks who wouldn't mind coming on the show to explain how they too are a work in progress. So if you think that's you, call us at 805-626-8707. That's 805-MANUP07. Or you can always email us at manup@slate.com. And don't forget to make sure you're subscribed. I'm serious. Because we've got new shows every week and I'd hate for you to miss out. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Eamon Ismail. It's produced by Cameron Drews. Our editors are Jeffrey Bloomer and Sick Man Lowen Lu. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts. And June Thomas is a senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. We'll be back next week with more Man Up. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Josh Levine. My podcast, The Queen, tells the story of Linda Taylor. She was a con artist, a kidnapper, and maybe even a murderer. She was also given the title The Welfare Queen, and her story was used by Ronald Reagan to justify slashing aid to the poor. Now, it's time to hear her real story. Over the course of four episodes, you'll find out what was done to Linda Taylor, what she did to others, and what was done in her name. The, the great lesson of this, uh, for me, is that people will come to their own conclusions based on what their prejudices are. Subscribe to The Queen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now.